Welcome to the Northwestern Masters of the Arts and Sports Administration Revenue Above Replacement Podcast. I'm Bryce Clinton. Over the course of the two seasons of this podcast, Adam and I both have had the opportunity to interview incredible guests that come from a wide range of backgrounds and work in various areas of sports and sports business. Many times those guests are professionals that Adam and I, or both, had the opportunity to have as students in the Northwestern MSA program. In those discussions, we always hit on the time in the program, but very rarely discuss the experience of being in the program and its direct correlation to the work they do today in sports. With our interview today, we thought we'd change that, and I have a conversation with Tyler McQuality. There's no better person to discuss the program overall, its applicability to their current role, and how the program has helped to evolve them than Tyler. Tyler is the Illinois Institute of Technology head cross country coach and head track and field coach. He arrived at the Scarlet Hawks in 2018-2019 as an assistant cross country and track and field coach. Previously, Tyler was at North Central College, where he was a four-time All-CCIW selection for the three-time NCAA Men's Division III Cross-Country National Champion Cardinals. Tyler was also a member of the North Central squad that took home the 2017 NCAA Division III Indoor Track and Field National Championship on their home track. Tyler obtained his bachelor's degree in business management and sports management from North Central College in 2018, and recently completed his master's degree in sports administration at Northwestern University. Along with those accomplishments, I had the privilege of having Tyler as a TA in my course multiple times, and was so thankful to have him as he helped evolve my course in ways that I would never have been able to see myself. Tyler is an amazing advocate for the Northwestern MSA program and has incredible insight into the world of coaching and all that entails. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Tyler McQuality. Tyler, thanks so much for for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So there's a, there's a ton of things that I want to get to with you, what you're doing today in coaching and in athletics. But before we get there, we, we want to give a little context and rewind things back. So Tyler and I have known each other for a long time now because Tyler was actually a student in my course. And then very thankfully, he has been a TA for my course many times, um, which has been enormously helpful to me. But if we back this all the way up, can you tell us about, you know, being a student in the program and sort of where you were and how you got to that point and then sort of around when you got into the program from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So after I graduated undergrad, um, well, end of my senior year, I knew I wanted to go to grad school. My dad, uh, one of my most favorite things to say is, you know, nobody can take education away from you. And I, I knew I wanted to get a master's. Um, I eventually didn't, I, I didn't get a GA position um, at, at my uh, alma mater. Um, so I moved on to coaching elsewhere uh, for a year, um, which worked out well, because uh, then obviously I found the Northwestern um, program. I, I don't know how I, I can't remember how I found it. I think I was like an ad or something to be honest. So, um, so it was actually kind of cool. Like I found out about an ad. Um, so taking a year off, I thought was, was very, very beneficial. Um, and obviously with, with coaching for a year, I think it was a welcome break from, from being a student and then just kind of like wanting to like figure things out for a year and parlay that into, you know, what I want to do with my life, you know, career, you know, coaching, you know, athletic administration. And so that's when I decided to apply in the spring of, of 2019 uh, and started that summer of uh, 2019. And so before you applied, you know, you were an athlete in college. You were, you were a, a track cross-country athlete, correct? Yes, yes. 
And then before you came to the program, you were you were in coaching already. And so it had been sort of ingrained in that. And so was the goal, hey, I see this program. Your father's right, by the way. It's, it's, education is certainly something that can't be taken away. And, and I think it's always good to continue that education. But it, did you see the program as something that you could use to further your coaching experience? Did you see it as something you wanted to do to continue to evolve in coaching or athletics administration? Or how did you look at that initially? Yeah, I think it was kind of, it was both, you know, holistically, I think, especially even just like coaching jobs at, at, at that college level um, would usually say master's preferred. Um, I think there's some institutions out there that do require it, um, which is an interesting topic. And I don't think we can delve too deeply on my thoughts of that in terms of, of salaries and, uh, you know, education levels within that space. But um, that would be a 20 minute rant of mine. But um yeah, no, I think that's what it is. Is you know you need to you need to have a master's in this profession. Um, so that would definitely be my advice to anybody out there. Like, um, you know, a lot of GA positions are great, and so get a GA position, have a master's under your belt. Um, you know, a, a lot of coaches will just get like an MBA or like a coaching leadership are great. And you know, I think the the curriculum and the specializations and the, and the electives you can take here at the Northwestern program, I thought just fit. Uh, you know, perfectly, and obviously just geographically, you know, because I'm from Chicago and suburbs and live in live in the city. But um, it, it was just perfect for what I was looking for at the time. And again, thankfully, that I had popped up that day on my laptop. <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting. You're right. I think to see it, we oftentimes. Even from an outside perspective, you look at the program in a master's in sports administration or you look at other programs in master's in sports business and you think, oh, but there may not be some direct applicability to coaching. And one thing that surprised me is that in the program at Northwestern and, and what I've seen in other places, too, is there are a lot of coaches. There's a lot of coaches that want and, and I, I always view it as those coaches are looking to get that business acumen, get some of those organizational leadership skills. But is, is that how you looked at it? Or do, or do you think that there's a different reason for it? No, I think, I think you're spot on because so much of my day-to-day job, honestly, like 80 to 90% of my job isn't directly related to writing workouts or coaching my athletes at practice. It's, it is the organizational leadership of, of running a program, you know, the operations, the budgeting, you know, the recruiting, which is basically sales and, um, and all that side of things, you know, and the vast majority of my job is, um, isn't actually truly what you would call coaching. Um, it's, it's all the back end stuff that I spend the majority of my days on. And I think that's what the Northwestern program, you know, a lot of my courses and professors and experiences has helped teach me and learn, um, and apply back to what I was kind of doing and uh, thinking about it through a different lens through my courses. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, it's fascinating to, to think about coaching and, and the pieces. We'll come back to that because I have some interesting thoughts around it. But I, yeah. if you look at the program and sort of how it, you know, from an applicability perspective, do you think it is applicable and how do you apply those things on a day-to-day basis or, you know, at a macro level that, that you learn from a graduate program into coaching and what you do every day or, or are there things that you do or is it, are they actually applicable? Yeah, I think I would say on the athletic administration side a little bit more, but like, um, you know, for example, I think one of my, the NCAA compliance course I, I, I took, um, it was, it was a direct app, application to, um, to my, you know, I, I learned a lot about NCAA compliance and kind of how to work, work through the rules and how to read the NCAA rule book, which is, you know, written by lawyers, which is, is, is an easy thing to do. So, um, I think again, some of the specific courses, but like a sports business course, understanding just economics and, you know, as, as a coach, you have to understand the economics of a university and, you know, what, 
what is, you know, your ROI and that's getting a division three institution like I coach at, it's getting students in the door. So recruiting and then, um, so again, it's just kind of taking certain things within, um, each course to try to apply back. I think obviously within your course of technology of sport, um, my final project was, you know, using tech as, as a coach. And I think, um, my capstone was launching a recruiting platform for division three. So just kind of trying to take some of that stuff into kind of, get, you know, my experiences as coach using recruiting platforms and technology and in my day-to-day life. And again, that's so much unrelated just to the true aspect of coaching, just understanding those theories and concepts and, um, and just kind of, again, how they holistically all work together. Yeah. For me on, on my side, thinking back to the course and, and your final project and, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up but I think no, of course. what was really cool for me to see was that you were coaching you were in that profession and you could see we talk about so many things in concept all the time oh this could be used great for this or especially from a technology perspective we could apply this here we could use this but it was really cool to see the actual practical application of somebody who is coaching athletes on a day to day basis in the different forms of technology that could be leveraged in ways that were actually real we often and get the marketing speak from the tech side. A good example of this is VR training, right? We talk about VR training all the time. And it, yes, I get it from the tech side, but it, it's cool to see with other students that, okay, but back to your project, it was fascinating to see how it can actually be applied to those things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it, it's funny because actually it was just in a meeting last week. Um, so our school at Illinois Institute of Technology, where I coach at, uh, we have two semester long uh, courses that our students have to take to, to graduate. They're called iPro, iPro Labs. And I've been a, was in a meeting where they're looking at doing an iPro lab around v- VR uh, and tennis. And it's kind of an e-sport. And so I was like, man, I, the only thing I could think about there in that meeting was was your course and, and the week in VR. And um, I'm actually, as a, I'm launching a business of sports course at Illinois Tech, so I'll be adjunct faculty. Um, one of my week topics is, is VR, um, you know, because I don't think you can go into a sports uh, setting in any in any manner and not think of, of vr and its applications um no matter what sport no matter what level because uh, it, it just the technology is, is so um still so, such a key component to everything now within within the sports industry it's really interesting you bring that up but i, I guess i have always been a proponent of, of VR. In a way, I've been backing off of that in some ways. And the reason I say that is the application of it. I, I was a little disheartened in the sense that I've always been on the, the content consumption bandwagon, thinking that, okay, there's going to be three forms of this, right? There's going to be the in-person experience. There's going to be at-home experience that we know now, watch it or at a bar or whatever it may be. But then there's something in the middle. And VR was a really interesting thing about that. However, we had, you know, 24 months, or especially in the first year, starting, you know, in March, 2020 of a perfect use case for that. uh, And it didn't take off, but I guess someone who is a coach and ingrained in that all the time. Now it's a little different in your sport, but do you see the practical application from a training perspective? Do you really think that it is, is viable in that? Yeah, I think so. Again, especially in in more so in other sports than, than mine, I thought like the tennis, tennis application I thought was, was pretty cool. I think, you know, some other more like handball like team sports ish kind of you know using a, a physical object rather than you know cross country or, or track and field i think maybe on the field event sides with track and field there could be a little bit um but definitely just kind of more into it in other sports again mine's mine's a little hard i think i mean you see a little bit of um ar right with you know peloton on the treadmills and kind of some of that stuff um and i think that's a cool application of of, of, of ar but um in terms of vr within within my sport specifically no i'm struggling to come up with something off the top of my head but um I think it'd be a cool exploration uh, within that space in the years to come if there is if there is any. 
Yeah, I, I certainly think so. And I mean, I think what's cool about it is to see the expansion to other sports. Thinking back to when when I started, you know, that as a module in my course, and when you were in the course, like we talked a lot about football. Yeah. A lot of the innovation came out of football, and a big reason for that was to uh, the stress on people's bodies and to take get reps and get those mental reps without having the wear and tear on your body. But as it's evolved, like the tennis use case is a really interesting one, like you mentioned. I think baseball and softball is also a really interesting use case because of you know the individual nature of a batter and a pitcher, you know, matchup situation. So you're right. I think down the road we could see the evolution of that to all kinds of sports from a training perspective because it, it's I think it's it's in the point where we're moving beyond just the the top level innovation in, in football and, and so on yeah and I think that's interesting like and just how in my day-to-day life you know being in d3 athletics it is very different than you know d1 or a professional just in terms of you know budget monetary but it will be interesting to see again you know it's I would say it's it's more plural in, in decades to see how that those technologies evolve and um, you know, as, as time usually goes on, technology gets cheaper and cheaper. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how those AR VR costs come down and get trickled down into more lower level, you know, division, division three high school and, and, and into youth sports. Cause I think there's a lot of application within, um, you know, at all levels. I think, again, you're seeing it more at the, at the highest levels cause it's, it's a money thing. Um, so it'll be, again, it'll be interesting to kind of see, um, how that, that plays out in, in the, in the years to come. So one last question from an education perspective around the program after a little technology detour here before we get into some of the things that you're doing today. But you were a full-time coach when you were in the program. And if we rewind it back, I had a full-time job when I was in the program too and was traveling a lot. But if you look at it now, was it difficult to balance those things and, and to try to be a coach at the same time, have a full-time and in-season more than a full-time job? Yeah. And also be a, a graduate student. Yeah, no, it was it wasn't easy. Um, so I think that it made you know the whole process of of finishing the degree very rewarding. You know, so I started in the summer of 2019, took a course. Um, that was that's when I was promoted to officially to head coach was that summer too. So um, I took a course that fall, and then that winter I was probably like the busiest time of my life because uh, I was you know coaching in season during the winter indoor track season. You know, a lot of travel. You know, uh, the weather's not the best. Uh, in here in Chicagoland, um, I was working twice a week at a part-time job to help pay for grad school. Um, and, you know, going to grad school, you know, taking a course. And I was seven days a week, pretty much nonstop, 24-7. And it was very exhausting. And then the pandemic hit. It was like everything in my life just slowed down, which at the time was great. It was like from being gone seven days a week, always busy, to pretty close to the opposite was very interesting. And I think that was actually, it was nice that accelerated my timeline in the program. I was originally thinking three years, um, which I think was one of the best things about this program is the flexibility and being on quarters. And um, for anybody that's, you know, wants to do this in a year, they can. or do this in three if, if you are full-time or, or two um it's kind of again make it to your own schedule um so i was able to do that which worked out great um i think obviously you know the biggest i really regret because it's not one but to lack of, to use a no black better terms um is just that a lot of my program got shifted online as a result of the pandemic um so i think one of the reasons why i chose northwestern and, and this program is you know is so much in the sports industry is networking and getting to know people and um, it wasn't necessarily important for me because i wasn't looking for a job in the time of the program um i know a lot of my fellow students are and, and you know continuing in our and i think that's the goal and objective of the program which is awesome um 
is, is to make those connections and to meet professors and meet your classmates and uh, to network and, and everything like that. So I think that was kind of the, one of the just more biggest drawbacks. I think of just my time was just the, the pandemic related component. And it's nice that we're coming out now. You know, I was teeing a, a course this winter and got back in the classroom in, in Chicago for the first time. And, and it was just over two years. So it was really, really great um, to be able to do that and, you know, meet, uh, you know, fellow students in, in the program. And um, yeah, I think that, again, that was just my biggest drawback. But I think we did a really, really good job of making the curriculum, you know, your course in particular engaging. Um, I still got to know quite a few of my other classmates pretty well. Um, again, technology is a, is a great, it's a great thing. Zoom is a, is a great tool and our ability to leverage that, I think, you know, thankfully still had allowed me to have a, such a great experience that I did. You're right. It, it has been, you know, from an educational component, it's, it's really interesting I, because in March of 2020, I was teaching in person and we were winding down to the end of a quarter when I was teaching. And I think it was the last two courses or the last two classes of the yes. quarter. Mm -hmm. We had them virtually. And what was interesting is that in, in thinking back on this, they went really well. But I think a big part of that was we had eight weeks in person together so people knew each other people knew sort of the the verbal cues and, and the nonverbal cues and were easy to communicate in that we took many courses sort of like this right in zoom over zoom and sort of the i was called the brady bunch tiles and, and you know i think that we did the best that we could in that scenario and, and you know but I, I agree with you that the hard part of the, and the thing that was always I, I felt for the students was that so much of the components of the, of the sports industry what is around the networking and and so on and so it, you make a good point around obviously you, you were you know i got promoted to, to being a head coach during that time and so you didn't that component didn't impact you as much but the networking piece of it is is certainly a huge component that hopefully we're rounding a corner to be able to 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 get some of those things back yeah, and I think again, just making connections because you never know what's going to happen down the road. Of you know, I'm uh, I'm extrovert. I like getting to know people. I think I like um, you know being in class and being in person. That's my learning style that I, that I find best. I think that's what motivates me. Um, is that kind of again in person, physical space of you know being in class. It, it's always difficult. You know, sometimes of being you know at, at your home and at your desk and on, on a Zoom screen. But again, I thought you know it was still extremely engaging. I, I found my time very rewarding. Um, and I'm excited to, to get back into the classroom um, in, in the months to come. Going back to something you said, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit. I think it's fascinating because shifting sort of from the educational experience to your coaching experience, when I think about a coach, you think historically speaking, right? You know, Lombardi, Hank Stram, right? The person that stands on the sidelines and yells and, and those things. But it's really interesting to hear you say that so much of your job is the underlying administrative piece of that. Now, that could be coordination, but recruiting and so on. As much as you can, give us some insight into sort of that breakdown, right? Because I think most of us, most listeners too, would think, oh, a coach, you're really sitting in the workout plans, X's and O's, but there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's just cliche to say, but like sometimes no no one day is the same. And I think that's one of the, the beauties about being a coach. I think it just depends on the day, the time of the year. You know, sometimes and, you know, for example, on during the season, which I just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, my Mondays and Tuesdays are a lot of, of wrap up from the from the weekend and going back into the week ahead. So it's a lot of, you know, looking through results and, and typing up results and typing up my distance runner splits into a spreadsheet. You know, I, I try to keep records and all that stuff. 
pretty mundane, low level, no, not super high level stuff, but you know, still very important. Um, to you know, meet entries, and I have a. I, I, it's funny. I just finished year four of coaching, and I ju- I had a notebook that I bought at the start of coaching that I I filled completely in four years. So it was kind of funny, like closing that book. And I was like, all right, year four is done. And I gotta go get a new, new notebook. But you know, meet entries, travel. You know, last week I had a two weeks worth of receipts to upload from from our travel trips and putting that in my budget spreadsheet. And you know, to higher level stuff of planning a budget for next year and planning travel and trips. Um, you know, some of that mundane stuff kind of levels up to, to higher level stuff of I'm looking to take my team out for a, for a trip to, to race in Philadelphia this fall, with my cross country team. And, you know, what does that, what does that look like in terms of recruiting and how do I market that? And again, the higher edge of uh, planning a budget and, uh, and all that stuff. So again, I think, you know, I touch so many different things. I'm the only full-time coach for men's and women's cross country and track and field. So I do a lot of it, which I think I enjoy. I think ever left coaching i think you know building things and if i went the corporate route i think i'd want to go more on a startup because i just enjoy building things and getting to do everything because at my school at the division three level i get to do everything i think i just kind of become so used to that and i really enjoy of just there's not something in the coaching aspect that i don't touch um on a, on a day-to-day basis almost that brings up an interesting point is that you know you can see from all the things that you just outlined there could be a whole lot of benefit to someone who wants to evolve their career or starting or someone like yourself that really likes being in the, the nuts and bolts and everything at that level, at the division three level that you coach at, that you have that ability to do those things. As you go up to it, say division one level, does that change? Is there less level of control in that or less level of, of doing some of those things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. I think you look, if you go to like Northwestern's website, for example, like, you know, there's even some higher level division three programs like my alma mater that has it, but like, you know, there's full-time recruiting coordinator positions. There's full-time social media people. You know, I, I am, I have like 20,000 different titles, you know, director of, of, of recruiting, uh, director of social media. Like I do everything in that in my role, you know, if you look at Northwestern's football program, for example, they have a director of operations, probably a, a equipment manager. They have everything, even with things track and field, I think, you know, there's usually a director of operations that does a lot of the travel, you know, some of the recruiting stuff, um, compliance and, you know, I have two or three full-time assistant or, or associate head coaches. So, um, yeah, that, definitely my, my job is, is siphoned off at, at the higher levels, you know, quite a few, um, within my sport specifically, but again, you look at some of the big power five basketball or football programs, like it's so many different roles, um, which again, I enjoy. Um, I don't, I, I truly, for the most part, have a desire to coach at that level. I like being at the division three level. That's my background. I competed D three. Um, and again, I like doing everything. I, I'm sure it's not the case, but I, I'm sit here right now and think like, what do they do every day? If that's the only specific task they have to focus on, like for me, it's like, it's a thousand different tasks with, which sometimes is nice. It makes the day go by quicker. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, again, I, I touch everything within, within coaching and running a program, which, which I do enjoy personally. I think, I think too, you would see too, that you have, such a hands-on approach to everything it gives you but then it can give you a better understanding of the athletes a better understanding of all the things that sort of impact them and so on i think that there's could be some benefit to that now the flip side of that you could see is if some of those things like the underlying coordination of things could be taken off your plate there could be focus on other areas but yeah i mean like everything there's ups and downs to to both of those i'm gonna ask a stupid question (laughs) and i say there's no such thing but But I think that, that, that it is one that, that I'm interested in, but I think that a lot of listeners would be too. As someone who – I, I love to run. I, well, I used to love to run when I 
didn't have two small children and, and had more time. And, but what is coaching in track and field cross country setting entail? And now I know it sounds rudimentary, but is it more, you mentioned timing splits and, and those types of things, yeah. but it's at your level, do you have to teach things like form and, and function or is it more about pushing that athlete to get the best out of them? Yeah, I think, I think it's both to, to answer your question. Um, you know, my day to day, a lot of the times uh, I'm not running with the team. I think more so this last year, le- less than my first or second year coaching, like my second year coaching, which was my first year as a head coach in the fall of 2019, I got the best shape of my life. I ran faster than I did in college and, and workouts and, and, and races and time trials. I, I PR in the mile. I ran, a 5k fashion than I, I think I ever probably could have in college. So, um, you know, a lot of it was running with, with the guys, uh, on the team and, you know, supporting them and helping them through workouts. I think th- there's occasionally, obviously when I'm not working out with them that I have to be, um, you know, taking the splits and, you know, monitoring the entire workout. But, you know, for us here in Chicago, a lot of our running and workouts are on the lakefront trail. So I'm either a driving to it and to a location, not seeing almost any of the workout or biking or see, I could just run with them, which was easier. Um, we made more sense. You know, I, I tell my athletes all the time, like what I'm asking you them to do is not anything different than I did a, in my time as a student athlete in college. So, um, just supporting them. And I think that's a nice thing or thing that I found about being a younger coach, being more hands-on, being more relatable, um, has been, I think a, an asset and a strength of mine. Um, but yeah, and I think that's kind of on a day-to-day basis, just going to practice, you know, so I don't, I don't think no matter what level you're at, you're still going to have an influence on form. I, I have I had the pleasure to have a great assistant this year and hopefully the years to come. Um, her name is Casey. She is a certified personal trainer. Um, and she does a lot of our weight room programming. You know, I have this kind of a say of kind of like, what we're all, what do I want this to do? But she takes the details and, um, you know, it's still form. I have a couple of athletes that are a little bit more developmental in terms of uh, physically. So we've tried to spend a little bit more time doing some stuff in the weight room. Like I would say two thirds of our practices that running related component. And that last third is some sort of drills or, or being in the weight room. Like, you know, I still, I believe personally for runners, like you still need to lift heavy. You still need to get strength because, you know, we don't, we don't do high rep or high reps, low weight, That that's muscular endurance. Like we do that on a day-to-day basis when we go out and run, like we need to build strength and speed and power. Like just as like, you know, the power events in track and field, you know, everybody thinks the hundred Usain Bolt or, you know, the shot put and the throwers for, for me as a coach, I like to say, like, I like to coach athletes, not just, not just runners. So that component is very important. You know, a lot of, again, a lot of drills, you know, we use banana hurdles, hurdles for, for form drills, strengthening, you know, a lot of core, um, a lot of lateral movements. Runners are extremely weak, usually typically, uh, the lateral side. So we do a lot of stuff with that in the weight room. Um, we're not doing as many like, you know, hang and clean snatches as, as, as our speed and power events, but, um, cause more so our, our kids don't have that background. Um, but in years to come, we try to hope to get to them to that, that point. Um, division three is very diverse in terms of its talent and background. Um, so again, I think having a little bit smaller roster, um, and my coaching style is very hands-on to be able to have that knowledge and, and work with different student athletes. Like, you know, cause we recruit and bring in some athletes that do have a good background with that. You know, I had a former team captain that was a wrestler that lifted very heavy throughout his high school experience. So how I coach him is differently than just the skinny tall kid like me who didn't lift at all. Like, you know, they have two different body tapes, they have two different backgrounds and, and how we coach and program their workouts is, is very different. Um, but it's also, again, very important to be able to kind of know that. And I think obviously a lot of coaches do, um, but it's just more so the, the application within that. You brought up something that, that I never thought about. 
But if you're if you're a football coach or a baseball coach in, in some regards, it's difficult to be involved in the action. And I think that what you said about being very relatable, very hands-on, even goes a step further because, like you said, being someone that's not that far removed from being a student athlete yourself, but also in a sport where you can participate with the athletes as well. I'm certain gives you some a, a really good way to connect with those athletes, but a, a good way to train them as well. Yeah, no, I think it, when I first started coaching, it, it, it's funny. I kind of joke, it just gave me a little bit of street cred when I was able to drop them on in a workout or drop them in a run um, just as I got to know them. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Again, I think it's, um, it, it's important for me of, of building a program at the school that I'm at and, and building those relationships and getting to know my student athletes. Um, I thought that was, you know, kind of a key component within all that. Um, yeah. And I think that's just the cool thing about our sport. Like, you know, a majority of our runs are just going out there running, putting the miles in and not at a hard pace. It's just conversational running. And, um, I spent a lot of time my first couple of years doing that for student athletes and trying to build a culture and, um, again, just be more relatable. I think coaching is different than it even was a, a decade or definitely two decades ago, but I would even say a decade ago in terms of the type of student athletes and experience that just they're, they're having as, as, as people and, and as students is different uh, within in the space of higher ed. And um, so I think it's, it's time and for a new era of coaching. And uh, it's, it's good to see younger coaches get into the space because it's, it's very, very important again, to have that, um, that style of coach that you can lean on to go to anything and everything. No, I definitely had that with one of my college coaches. Him and I are still very close. Um, but yeah, no, that's important. That's the kind of coach I strive to be. And again, developing that understanding, that culture and that connection from day one was very important and a goal of mine. And I was able to do that just by going out and spending time with them and, and running and just kind of showing them that I wasn't going to um, just say, Hey, no, go for a run. I'll, I'll see you when you get back. I'll sit here. Uh, there's some days I do that. I do that a little bit more now than I used to um, just because everything I have in my plate, but that's definitely something, a goal of mine, especially it's harder in track season, I would say, than cross country. Cross country season, it's usually a little bit easier to get out the door with them. Um, it's in track, we're on the track a little bit more, and taking splits and trying to see the whole workout. It's a little bit different, but um, it is a, it is a good, it is the fun part of my job. One of my favorite memories is going for a run on the on the lakefront trail um, with them in a January morning, my first year coaching, and and just pre meet. And it was just kind of a very peaceful sunrise over the lake. And I was like, this is our escape from everything. And I think that's why I got into running, and I ran in college is. It should be something that's enjoyable at the Division Three level, um, and just having that moment, kind of that, uh, with my team, and say, "Hey, I got a busy day. You got school and projects and everything to do. Like, but this moment right here, we're here together, and, and this is something we all enjoy doing." Um, so I think that's what I kind of keep coming back to as a coach sometimes, and I tell that story quite often. In recruit calls says, so "You know, it's, it's important," um, and because every reason I just kind of touched on. You're certainly on a different level than most of us because you use the phrase conversational running. And I'm not certain that there is a, a whole lot of – I remember back in the days when I ran a lot and I wasn't having a whole lot of conversations when I was running. But I do think you're right. I, I used to use it a whole lot more as that way to – the day is going to get to you, right? And I would run in the morning to get my head clear and, and those things. And I think it's still one of the best things that you can do for that. And it's really cool that you can do that as your job, right? And to – to help people to also learn how to do that in an effective and efficient way and continue to have good cardiovascular health for, for their life going forward. It, so tracking cross country is, 
it, now again rudimentary question it, track and field there's obviously the, the the growth of the events right you said you spent a lot of time on the track you mentioned the, the throwing events and so on but for the listeners that may not know can you explain a little more around cross country and what that entails like is it a marathon is it a half marathon yeah. how does how do those things work I, I my experience with cross, cross country was as a high school student I played played football and we would always the cross country team would run their course came through sort of the practice field we'd always have to stop practice and ensure that we cheered on the cross-country runners yeah that's kind of the limit of my experience with cross-country so can you explain a little bit what the differences are in that yeah yeah so at the at the high school level pretty much all high school races uh maybe a freshman or two races or two miles but high school races are usually three miles 5k depends on the state um and then college is a move up in distance at the division three level it is um, the championship distance which most of the meets we go to throughout the year championship distances a 6k which is three and a quarter uh, three and three quarters miles so just under four um miles for the woman and then an 8k which is basically five miles for the men um you know there's three level we race you know at parks you know we'll race at golf courses quite a bit which always surprises some people you know we'll, we do race on golf courses there's the national championships hosted up in oshkosh a golf course we've we raced there quite a bit um some forest preserves again it's just kind of um differs but yeah it's just basically just a, a almost a four mile race or a five mile race for our guys um just the river whatever terrain hills you know whatever um yeah, I think it's kind of the simplest way to describe it. Um, you can probably Wikipedia, and it's it, the the sport goes sport goes back to I think England. Um, you know, through the jumping over hay bales and kind of through the through literally how I got the term I believe is, is through the country is, is through that. Um, some famous cross country race in Edinburgh every every winter over there um, for, for professionals and some youth stuff. But um, yeah, no, it, it goes from mid August to almost right before Thanksgiving for us. Um, so in Chicago, it starts off very hot and ends at a, at a pretty cold place. You know, we've we had a conference championship a couple of years ago in the snow, a regional championship in the snow. I know there's been some national meets in the snow. So um, it's very diverse in terms of its weather because, again, you start in the summer, it's 90 degrees. And the end of the year, it's we. I think our, my regional my first year coaching was like 15 degrees. It was it was brutal. So you go through the whole seasons in, in, in the fall. I do remember, I'm sure you have metrics around this, when I was running more hot wasn't good and cold wasn't good but you know something around 40 or 50 degrees was always much better but that's actually an interesting question is there an optimal running temperature probably for distance and cross country is like 45 50 um we had our conference championship my my first year coaching was like 45 50 degrees sunny no wind and they all just ran amazingly fast that day and was probably like why I fell in love with coaching was one of those days. Um, just everybody PR'd and it was a super fast course to begin with. A lot of it was limestone, which is, you know, a little bit faster surface than grass in terms of grip and um, and that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, you know, 45, 50. Um, you know, most of our track season, you want it a little bit warmer than that. Uh, this previous spring was, as anybody in Chicagoland listening knows, was very cold, a lot of rain, a lot of wind. You know, our first meet of the season, got canceled very early on because it was 40 and rainy and windy and people were getting hurt, you know, pulling hamstrings and quad muscles and everything like that. Um, but then the last minute of the season, a couple of weeks ago, it was like 90 degrees. So again, we, we kind of go through all the, all the elements and, um, again, unfortunately mother nature here in Chicago in the Midwest just flips a switch all of a sudden. Um, so I tell the team, like, you don't know what you're going to get. I told them in April, I'm like, we don't know what the conference championship is going to bring or, or last chance. It could be 40, it could be 80 or 90 because we've experienced everything. So, um, you got you to play the weather game. That's why I like indoor the most. Indoor track. Um, it's gonna, you're going into an indoor facility where it's going to be 70 degrees. You don't have to worry about the weather. That's the best right. thing about indoors. 
So. It, those cross-country athletes, do they typically transition to distance runners in, in a track setting? That would make the most yes. sense, correct? Yeah, yeah. And even within that, there's different groups. You know, the the, the vo- event that I coach – um, at the lowest, like the lowest distance on a database truly is the 800, which was my kind of specialty event to high school and college, all the way up to the 10K. Um, the 5K is the longest event indoors, and then the 10K is the, hmm. which is 6.25 miles outdoors. So even within the cross country group, like, you know, I have my, one of my top cross country athletes is our top 800 runner. He's, I think he had our fastest 400, four by 400 split as well. Um, but then we have some younger guys that are 5K ish runners, and they'll be 10K guys in the future. We just needed to, again, build their bodies in the weight room so that they could physically and um, handle some of the mileage we want them doing to be able to handle that type of aerobic event at the 10,000 uh, meters on the track at that level. And Division three is getting very fast still. Um, so we just, again, we took the year to develop them on the 5K and, and the weight room and get their mileage up before we move them up that distance. But uh, yeah, even within that cross country, then we kind of siphoned off to different event groups, even even different event groups. Like if we kind of call it like a mid distance and, and a distance group, even within that there's different specialties and I could go on for 15 to 20 minutes on that <laughs> subject. But um, yeah, even within that, again, there's, there's little nuances, which is, which is cool and very unique to the sport. But you don't see a, a cross country athlete transition into a, a sprinter typically. Not typically, no. Uh, we had a, a female sprinter come out because she was planning to move up more to the 400. Uh, she was like mm. a 100, 200 girl. Um, so she um, moved up. Uh, she ran cross country this past fall, and then you know the plan was to move up to the 400. So it definitely helped with her endurance. Um, again, with the female side being 6K, it was a little bit more beneficial. Like, you know, I made the mistake this past year of, of having a 400, true 400, maybe 800 guy on the roster in the fall, and we just did too much with him, and he got hurt. Um, and that was my mistake, and it was a learning moment. Um, the, the tensions were good. We both had a clear conversation. We knew what the objectives and the outlines and it still failed. Um, and again, it was just more of a learning moment um, for me as a coach. And, uh, you know, thankfully it was very supportive understanding of everything we did and why we did it um, from a culture kind of getting him in grade as a freshman standpoint, but um, from a training physical physicality standpoint, like, no, we shouldn't have done it. Um, but again, you know, I think that's some things about learning it, being a new coach and younger coaches, you know, I've made a lot more mistakes than I've made had successes, which I think has been beneficial just to learn. You know, everybody you know understands that best way to learn is, is to fail and, and learn from those mistakes. Um, so I've definitely had a lot of that the last couple of years, which is again, you know, um, ups and downs. But it's been it's been fun journey and ride throughout that, and just kind of again, learning everything myself and being hands on with all that. It, it is really cool. I mean, we've talked a ton about coaching, and I, I've learned a lot. I think that it's really interesting to see somebody that does that. We see, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you see sort of the surface level of it. And it's really cool to understand all the things that go into coaching, but also really the level of relationships that are involved with the athletes and so on. But outside of coaching, you've mentioned a couple of the other things, but can you tell us some of the other things that you're doing from a university perspective and so on? Yeah, so we're um, in the process of launching a what we call the CSI, the Center for Sports Innovation, um, and some curriculum around um, a sports administration or business management or sports management uh, undergraduate degree. There's actually no undergraduate sports degree in Chicago. Um, and outside, I think Northwestern, I think Northwestern might be only sports masters. Um, so we're developing some curriculum, which again, I think is very cool because I like built, you know, just like I built a program, building curriculum, building my own courses. And I'm teaching next year has been a very rewarding experience and just kind of again what my skill sets i think 
favor and, and lend towards is just again building those, um, you know, whether it be a program, you know, through recruiting and, and relationships. And um, I, I see a lot of that parallel even on, on the academic side of building a research center and uh, building a curriculum. And again, so it comes back down to relationships and um, just having some of that, you know, knowledge within that. But um, yeah, it's cool. I think that was never my really intention with at the start with getting my master's in Northwestern, but I think that's where it's kind of evolved into. And I think that's the great thing about the Northwestern program is um, you get a pretty broad base that you can still make specific within the, the electives, but um, has allowed me to, you know, shift a, a slight bit of focus um, within my career towards that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it's been fun. Um, it's been different. Um, I'm a little nervous to be honest, but anxious to get started into teaching and being in front of a class. You know, I think, you know, I've had a lot of great professors and, you know, some professors that I didn't necessarily care as much for, but again, I think I learned more from those I didn't care as much about in terms of like, how will my teaching style be and, and, and manners and mannerisms within teaching and, and how I grade things and, and how I develop the content around the course. And I think it's the same as coaching. You know, I've had a lot, very fortunate. That's one of the reasons I got into coaching was my college coaches. And um, I had some coaches that I necessarily didn't care for as well or see as much eye to eye on. Um, again, within those the relationships and um, experiences, I was able to develop my own coaching philosophy and, and style and who I am. So it, it's, it's kind of the same thing, just on a little bit different, uh, different scale with, with teaching and on the academic side. But it's been so fun. Um, I'm very excited to get started within that at, uh, at uh, Illinois Tech. And, and like you said, there's a lot of overlap or the skill sets are really interesting from a teaching and leadership perspective into the coaching. But also, as you mentioned, so many things that you do organizationally, administratively and so on, I think play really well into the development of the curriculum and, and, and building those things. I think it's a really great thing that to build that undergraduate degree because as we've talked about a bunch, sports is a small industry and, and I think it's really cool how you can build upon those skills. It's, it, like you, you mentioned, I, I didn't really know why students that were coaches really wanted to be in the program, but it, having you in class and hearing you talk about all these things, there really is so much value that can be provided. And I think it's, it, it gives students a really cool track to be able to go down to evolve their career as a coach and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing about specifically specifically with Northwestern's master's program too is, you know, you got to be engaging. You know, a lot of it is at the more master's level, it is more, you know, presentations and, and how you do it. And then that's what coaching and, and teaching is. It is more, it is that leadership style. It is that um, presentation style of, of who you are, like the best coaches. I think the best professors are the ones that are engaging, um, that have that kind of um, personality to them. And I think that's even within that, the Northwestern Matt you know, master's program, I was able to develop even further, you know, through, through the curriculum. I think it's good. And I think, you know, you and I could sit and talk about these things forever because there's so many different routes that we could go around around the educational piece, around the coaching piece. But, you know, we really appreciate the time today, Tyler, and, and all the insights around not only coaching, but, but really from the program and the benefits of that and, and all you're doing from not only coaching, but then an educational perspective. So thank you so much for, for taking the time today. Appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. 